In a world where it seems like there's so much going wrong, I want you to see the people who are spending their lives doing and seeing the good. Welcome to the Doing Good Podcast, where we discuss the stories of people who are changing the world in their own way. I'm your host, Carmen Herbert. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Doing Good. I'm so excited to have on the podcast today, Lori Denning. Lori Denning is a scripture nerd. She holds a bachelor's degree in biblical studies from, please tell me what this is called. Multnomah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, okay. Yeah, I'm sure it's some Indian word, but Please tell me where Multnomah University is. Yeah, it's in the Portland, Oregon area. Awesome. All everyone from Oregon is like, come on. Yeah, okay. come on. It's Multnomah Falls. They're famous. Oh, awesome. Okay. Well, it sounds like a place where you would get a bachelor degree in biblical studies. It does. Multnomah. Yes. Yeah. And you studied Hebrew and the Bible and you were awarded the highest honors. That's amazing. Lisa or Lori. Okay. And I'll tell you why I said Lisa in a minute. Lori holds a master's in theology from Gonzaga University. And she's taught classes from gospel doctrine, as well as the church educational system. You've taught classes. It's okay. So from gospel doctrine, just. Yep. I, I'm still a little bit institute still. I'm still teaching. I love it. Mm-hmm. And you have had a popular vlog called The Bible Brief, which introduces books of the Bible to a wide audience. Your passion is sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ through his scriptures. Lori served a mission in Spain, Barcelona, and currently resides in South Jordan, Utah. And her newest book, Real Heroes of the Old Testament, is out now. Lori, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. And I will tell you why I called Lori Lisa. <laughs> Lori is a twin. Mm-hmm. Lisa is one of Hank's, well, Hank's assistant, Hank Smith, because mm-hmm. Hank can't live his life by himself. So he needs other women to help live it for him. Just kidding, Hank. I love you. And Lori is Lisa's twin. twin. Yeah. And, twins. and hey, it's so wild because I love Lisa and I've, I've done the laughing all the way shows for like six years now with Hank and John and Meg and Lisa comes along. We've been in the car together and, and checking the hotels together and everything. And you're identical and you look exactly like and you talk exactly sound like I know yes. it's gonna feel like Carmen. We've been friends forever. It does. And I told you, I'm like, because I love your sister, I love you, even though I've never met Aww. you and I don't know you, but we just think the Dennings are amazing. You, you that's guys right. are the Dennings. Yeah, that's right. Hey everybody, yep. it's good to be here. So thanks. So, yeah. That was quite a bio. You. I mean, you you really fumbled Multnomah, but other than that, <laughs> good job. Don't you love it when people read about you and you get to just listen uh, how amazing you are and all your accomplishments? Oh, it's only it's the nerdy parts, right? You have to give some kind of academic credentials to say I've studied Bible and I know all that. what I'm talking and, about, guys. So what? Yeah, I'm, nerdy nerdiness. Yeah. Yes. You know, it's funny. I, I love scripture and I turned, I went back to school, like I'm old, if you can't tell, but I'm old, quite a bit older. And I went back to school and I just felt really prompted, which I'm not, I mean, this can sound terrible, Carmen, but I'm not one of those people that's like, I need to, you know, drive right now. I need to change lanes. I need to buy these Cheez-Its. I just don't <laughs> feel the spirit like that. Or And so to get a direction really like you need to go back to school yeah. um, in my forties was like, okay, I guess I'm going back to school. And so I did. And so I went all the way back. I mean, I went back and did an undergrad and it, it was an evangelical school. Wow. Uh, where one of my mentors went 
and then Hebrew and all that. And then just finished my master's and I'm uh, just starting PhD. And so it's like, when I, when, you know, when the Lord tells you to do something, you do, it. <laughs> you do it. And it's been awesome. But it, it, you know, I think it's a little off putting for some people and you're like, Hey, I really study scripture and it's original nerdy languages. <laughs> and, and you're like, no, it's, it's really been awesome. It's been really it's, fun. It's not at all. It's amazing. And this is the whole point of the podcast is that we all have different interests, different talents, different things that we can offer the world. They're all so important from people that bake cakes for a living to people that study the Old Testament and and all the languages. And there is a need for everyone in the gospel <laughs> with all of your talents and qualities. And, and we need that. And, and that's why I love this so much is to talk to a variety of people that have different passions and say, tell us about how you are doing good in your sphere with your passions and knowledge. And I think it's so great that especially with this year studying the old Testament, because I will say I am not an old Testament nerd at all. It, it's confusing. Oh, it's scary. Sometimes it's like the wrath of God. Yeah. And yeah, I hear that. Away. I mean, I've taught gospel doctrine, I think even in my ward consecutively, like 14 years or 16 oh, years or some crazy wow. thing. Yeah. Like, we're not releasing you. We need never, to. I think they probably would like to, but, but, but every four years it comes up like Lori, I don't like the old Testament. I don't like, I like gentle Jesus of the book of Mormon and the yeah. new Testament. And so it comes up a lot. I mean, it's common. It's a common thought. And that hurts my heart. Cause I'm like, Hey, he's the same Jesus and all the stories. The times were different and people told their stories differently. Exactly. And I, you know, so I think there's that, but it, you're right on. I mean, it's, I, I see it too. It's not like I'm like, oh, the book of Judges. That's it's so delightful. Such a good right. story for kids. Right. But that's what I think is interesting. And you make a good point is that people told the stories differently because this is old, old, ancient times versus Book of Mormon and Doctrine and Covenants. Like yeah. we describe things differently. There are different life experiences, the rituals and ordinances and like things were just completely different. It was a different world. It was a different time. Yeah. So, I don't think it's like time travel or you have to be a good traveler, right? So yes. like if I was going to France right now and I showed up in my, you know, shorts and bright loud t-shirt and, and expected everyone to speak English, I would be a bad tourist. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. And that's the same thing in the old Testament. You go back and you're like, Hey, you can't take all your modern thoughts. You have to go back and say, well, this is, they were writing to themselves. <laughs> this is how they yes. wrote them. They didn't write to you. So exactly. don't expect them to speak English and like McDonald's, like you do in America or whatever. So, so you're right. on. Learning the language of the Old Testament. So tell me how you, why the Old Testament and, and scriptures in general, have you always had a passion for reading and studying? Did this develop later on in life? Mm. And, and why the Old Testament in particular? Ah, good question. I think I've always loved scripture. So I think that you find, at least for me, Carmen, it feels like people have like their spiritual groove and it seems early. Like there are people that are really faithful. They're just super believing all the time. There are people that are super servant oriented, right? They're just always serving. I was never those people. I'm still working on those things, but I have loved, loved, loved scripture. So I'm like, scriptures just always really spoke to me. And I think of the Old Testament, it was a little clunky right in the beginning. And I was like, what's going on? But I was liked, you know, things like Lord of the Rings and Star Wars and a lot of old, old books. And so when you kind of get their groove, it's kind of like, what's a good example? Like Wizard of Oz. So, you know, in the movie, The Wizard of Oz, where it starts out in black and white and you're like, this story's great. And then she ends up in Oz and there's that first moment when it goes to color in the movie. Yes. 
that's kind of what the Old Testament was for me when I learned how they saw it and how to do how to kind of do the Old Testament. It was like, what? And it was just awesome. And so then I just couldn't get enough of it, right? I would just be like, well, there's this thing and there's this idea. So, so yeah, so I was always really attracted to it. I always really liked it, ancient scripture specifically. And then, yeah, and then you just, the more you learn, you're like more that color, that Wizard of Oz color <laughs> becomes yes. brighter. And I'm like, oh no, you guys, wait, I got to tell you this story, right? It's so cool. And, but it's just, it is, it is a little bit like the uh, Wizard of Oz. That's right? a great analogy and having it be vibrant and come alive. <laughs> Was there a particular story that did that for you? You know, I think there are a lot of the stories. I really like the first five books. So we call the Torah, right? Or the Torah, the Pentateuch, if you're, if you like your Greek, but Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, because they really are the basis, right? They're those foundational and everything else is like based on it. In fact, most of the others are written as a flashback. So we don't think of it. We think of them like super chronological, like they're written all and then the next guy wrote, and then the next guy wrote, but they end up, right, the Israelites end up all dispersed and scattered and bad news. And so 90% of the story is written at that point. And they're like, hey, if we're supposed to be all chosen, how did we end up in such a bad spot? Yes. And they're like, well, let me tell you how. So then there's all this backstory. So those first stories, those first stories, whether it's Jacob and Esau or Abraham, you know, the the, uh, the binding of Isaac, those where they're like, what? what is going on? Those, I think, become really exciting when you see maybe some of the structures and stuff that are there. But anyway, I could talk about them all day, Carmen, but those are the probably the beginnings. I'm not as good at, I'm not as good at like the poems, like Psalms and Psalms. things that I am at, as in the narratives, but. So are, would you say you're more left-brained instead of right-brained that way? Like, do you, like all the creative and like ambiguous, like, you know, symbolism? And I, I really like the symbolism, but I find I do, I'm not like super nerdy in the language. Sometimes people like the the textual, like this word changed to this word. And that's interesting, but I tend to do better on the big picture, the story and the structure, like here's okay. the big picture and here's really what it's doing. So I'm probably somewhere in the middle of okay. that, somewhere in the middle. So I like symbolism. I like, I like that stuff. I don't know. If I could do the Old Testament in puppets, I probably would. <gasps> really? Right? That'd be like the perfect combination. Right. It's creative, but still nerdy. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, give me all the songs. I love all okay. Oh, okay. flowery. Really? I, I, yes. You're like a proverb Psalms gal. I am. And I love, I love the symbolism and I love the just allegories and just, ah. I love diving deep into what is the, what is the true meaning Kermit, of that? Kermit, why do you like that? Why does that resonate with you? Do you think? I don't know. I mean, I like to sing. I'm a singer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you well, like the emotional side? I like the emotional side and I do, and I love, I think everything has a deeper meaning than, and, and that's mm. what's so great about the gospel is you hear the same stories over and over and over, but they will relate to you differently at different times in your life with what you're going through. And I love the temple learning. There's so many layers. And I remember, I think it was, I think it was president Hinckley who said he learned something different. Wasn't it him every time he goes. Mm -hmm. And I remember at first, when I first started going through, you know, 17 years ago, I was a little, you know, newly bride. I'm like, how? Like, I think I know everything from like three times. Like, how do you learn? Yeah. Yeah. I got it. And yeah. then like, just like, for example, and 
you know, this is in the scripture when Adam and Eve put the fig leaves on and, you know, Satan says to hide and from, from, from heavenly father and Jesus Christ. And you can think, oh, well, because they sinned, they did something wrong. And then you can dive deeper and say, oh, but Satan wants us to hide from our sins. Mm -hmm. And, and then you can dive deeper into that. Yeah. They will, but you know, heaven, why did heavenly father call for Adam when he knew where he was? He gave Adam the choice of repenting and coming unto him. So you could kind of, Ooh, dive deep, deep, deep into these simple stories. And that's what I love too, about the old Testament and about the Psalms and things. It's like, well, what are they really trying to say? And what was this person going through when they wrote that? And how did he relate to the savior? And yeah. I think that's I think that's why something similar to that resonates with me and I'm not a singer so there you go but but I think yeah the, when you look back at the stories one of my favorite things is what you said is to put yourself in each of the positions right so yes. like what what if I were like Eve? What if I were like Adam? And I know sometimes yes. that's easier for us ladies. Sorry, guys, because we're used to it's always being men. So you're always like relating to the men in the stories. But I think it's harder for the men to see themselves as women. And for like, sure. Hey, try to be everybody in the story. What was happening? And yes. how would you have felt? And then you kind of meet the savior through the story, right? I'm yes. Abraham in this story. I'm Isaac in this story. I'm Sarah in this story. I'm the Lord in this story. What was he thinking? And and just it, it you know, it, it adds a depth that you're like, I don't know, how would I feel? And and yeah, oh, that's like my life today. I'm really struggling with a challenge. And and that's I think it's super powerful. More than just like I found the scriptural truth and I checked the box and I moved on. You know, God loves us. Jack, right. You know? Yes. Yeah. Well, and do you feel like the scriptures truly are relatable and written for our time? That may seem like a a silly Mm -hmm. question, but truly with the Old Testament, some of these stories, you're like, I don't know how this has anything to do with anything that I'm dealing Uh, with. But do you feel like in studying this and diving deep that there are really so many lessons we can learn that help us in our modern day trials? You know, I I think a first answer would be like, yes, they're written for our time. And and I think you say, yeah, well, the Book of Mormon was prepared for us, right? And then the Doctrine and Covenants is literally written in our time. And so I think you think those, and I think the Old Testament and even the New Testament are not first written for us, right? It, I think they're applicable to us and they're scriptural truths, but I think it is important to say those were not written specifically for us. They were written for them first, them. They, they were, uh, their own. And so, you know, you don't have to learn Hebrew. Like, I don't think you really do, right? <laughs> Clearly. But I think that if you, like Book of Mormon, you go, yeah, that's written for our time right? I mean, they carefully, Mormon carefully crafted these things and took these stories and left all those other stories, you know, behind. In the Old Testament, maybe not, right? You're like, these are still true. So I want everyone to be really clear and hear me really clearly. Yes, there are truths for everyone. But I do think that there, it is important to realize that some of those scriptures were not first and only written for us like the Book of Mormon was. It is written for other times as well. And so it helps to be that time traveler or that tourist and and go back and say, well, what were they thinking? And they were so silly, you know, those dumb people and say, well, wait a minute, that's not how they would have viewed it, you know? And and so I think that helps. I think all that context and story really help. But are the truths and the principles applicable across time? Of course. Yes. Right. So why do you think it's important to learn the histories of these people and to learn what they were going through? Do you th- feel like it sets the groundwork for getting to know the Savior and, and Heavenly Father? It's like 
Mm-hmm. Listen to what these guys went through and mm-hmm. how Heavenly Father dealt with and loved and taught them. Now let's graduate, you know, New Testament, Book of Mormon, Doctrine and Covenants. Yeah. Yeah. You know, lots of theories on that. And, you know, we could have a fist fight with some other scholars about it later. But I do think authorial intent is important, that what the author was trying to say or what they were, the context, the history, what was going on, what they're trying to say is important because if we take that first thing first, so if you're like, okay, Moses is writing this thing, why was what is was he trying to say? I think that's important before you jump off into what then it applies to. So let me take a good a silly example. So when I went to school, back to school again, I went to a evangelical school first, and then I went to a Catholic school second. And the Catholic school, I really noticed that there was one other LDS student in my program in the master's program, and. We were really good, like exceptionally good at application as LDS students of scripture. So if they would be like, here's the story of Abraham, what do you guys think? And the other students were like, I don't, I don't, I don't know how we relate that. And we were yeah. like, well, there are 14 different ways, you know, you feel yeah. like this and the Lord and you said that. And we just practiced that, Carmen. Like we, it is like ingrained in our culture. Like, how do you apply the scriptures? Like in the scriptures, apply them, keep applying, keep looking yes. into them, right? Yes. Look at the, look at the temple, like you mentioned. And yes. And we were really good at that, but I would say we were not always that great. <laughs> Understand? I mean, I think we thought we were. I was like, we're really good at scripture. We've been through seminary and institute. We were not very good at actually knowing what was going on in the scriptures. You're like, have you heard this story? There were parts of Acts. Okay, don't tell anyone this as a Bible scholar. <laughs> there were parts of the book of Acts that I was like, I don't think I've ever heard this before. Like, is this in here? Like, I've yeah. seriously never heard this story. And I was like, oh, I've totally read it all. I've read it all. And and so they were surprising. So anyway, so long story short, yeah, I think you can do it all different ways. I don't think there's a wrong way to do scripture. But for me, I think it's super important to see where people are coming from, what the author intended when they were writing it, and then saying, if that's the truth they were writing to their people, yeah, how do you apply that? You can go backwards. You can say, well, I just came up, you know, the Spirit just told me this thing. But that's what I think is fun about the language and the structure and, you know, singing in Hebrew and all that silliness, is it's like, it's like, whoa, you know, whoa, I, I just would never have seen that here if I didn't know, if I yeah. didn't know that's what they were doing. But yeah, so anyway, so you can do them both ways, but I do think it's better to know what they were trying to say first. Yes, for sure. And and help you understand, like you said, it was a, it was a different world. I mean, it was, yeah. it, it was, it, it, it's so different from, from how we're living now and to try and understand yeah. what was, what was the purpose of that and why were they telling that story? And so uh, would you say that having studied the, the Old Testament and really all scripture, but particularly the Old Testament, because that's kind of across Christendom. Like we believe in the Bible with our Catholic and evangelical and Baptist and, you know, et cetera, Christian friends that this has strengthened and, and confirmed your testimony of Jesus Christ and the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints having studied this, because I've, I've, I've had some, some friends recently that are like, well, I'm, I don't believe the church is true anymore. And here's how I can prove it. But, but in order to do that, if you go backwards, it's like, well, then what about the Bible and what about the old Testament? And mm-hmm. are you disproving all of this? Because there are millions of people that are not members of the church that believe in this and believe this to be scripture. So if you're kind of leaving all that behind and Christianity behind as a whole, how can you, 
leave all, you know, for, forget all of that. And for, you know, cause they're like, well, if this isn't true, then this isn't. And essentially then go, they get to where they're like, well, then I don't know if I believe in Jesus and heavenly father. And it's like, wow, well then that's not just the church of Jesus Christ. That's all of Christian. Yeah, that's all faith. That's all. Uh, that's a pretty deep question. That's a series of questions, Carmen. Oh, well, it is. Um, I, you know, I, I mean, I'm a scholar, but I, I would say for me, it, belief is, is primarily faith. It's, you have to know, you know, you don't, you're never going to come to faith by doing, you need to do study. Don't understand, you know, don't misunderstand me, but it's, it's primarily a choice, right? That being said, that being said, if faith is a choice and faith is belief, right? I, it is overwhelmingly evident to me in studying the Old Testament of the truthfulness of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints on stuff that no one could make up. Like you would just never do, whether it was the the Levitical priesthood and how it was structured and these different ordinances and how similar they are to the temple, or even the different word forms that we find in Hebrew that are just right in the middle of scripture or the the poetical forms. Like you think of Psalms are really a specific poetry form and they don't rhyme, right? We think of poetry and it's all in right. and it does a verse thing and all that that we do in English. But poetry, Hebrew poetry has really specific forms as well. And if you read something like my favorite is second Nephi four, the Psalm of Nephi, oh, yes. and then I am, it yes. follows a very specific Hebrew form. Alma 29, oh, that I were an angel. It's a poem. It's yes. a song. He, Samuel the Lamanite gets up on the wall and he says a, a poem in the middle of it. And you're like, what? Is this a <laughs> like, there's no way Joseph Smith, like who couldn't even hardly speak English in English, could would know and stuff that we're finding out now. Like there yeah. were like, hey, there's this weird Hebrew form. And I'm like, Dr. Yeah. One has that Hebrew form. And so there's stuff like that that you go, whoa, whoa. whoa. I mean, and they're just, you guys, they're myriad. They're just everywhere all the time, every day. Things about how the covenants work, things about how the Savior worked anciently and how he works in Doctrine and Covenants. It's like, holy moly, this is crazy. Like, sh- I shouldn't show this. Like, this is, this is, or I can't wait to tell someone. But again, I, I come back to the first idea, Carmen. No amount of like proving that stuff or disproving that stuff or whatever makes someone faithful, right? Faithful is something else. But I did go into it thinking, you know, well, I need to be inoculated to all these ideas. I'm going to need to book a, yeah. I'm gonna need to book a Mormon like every day and I'm going to do all this stuff. And, uh, and I found I just didn't need to. It was just the same gospel everywhere. But anyway, deep questions. I don't know. What, uh, do, you, what do you think? Was that a that is, No, that is a answer. Yeah, it's a beautiful answer. And and I agree with you. I think what you said is really important that really it doesn't matter how much we study or analytically think about something. If we don't have faith and we're not letting the spirit teach us, I mean, our brains can only go so far and then the spirit kicks in. And I, and I think that it, like Parley P. Pratt said, it enhances every faculty. It, it enhances our intellect. It enhances everything else and explains things that aren't explainable through words or, or, you know, that you can't maybe prove. And I, I've been thinking a lot about this and Elder Bednar gave an amazing podcast a while ago, all in podcast. And he was asked a question at the beginning. I'm going to have to find out what it is because people are going to say, what is that? And I'm going to have to look it up and see what it yeah. is. But he, he essentially said, what he was asked, how has your studies and your education prepared you for becoming an apostle? And he, and he basically said, I hope it hasn't. 
He said, I don't want what I learned intellectually and educationally to affect how I follow Jesus Christ and how I teach mm-hmm. with the spirit because he he was essentially saying, and yes, we believe in knowledge and studying and going forward and educating ourselves because we believe we take that with us into the next life and think about if you want to get really deep creating worlds and all these things, like how much further along will we be if we have knowledge with this world, but there, it can only go so far. And he basically said the things that the spirit teaches settles so much deeper mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. is is so much it, it enhances every part of you that 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 you can't study and figure out and justify and just yeah. by learning and so yeah. I, I think it's important what you said that you can prove or disprove anything but if you don't have faith yeah it, it, it really doesn't matter yeah. what you've I mean, I have people in my program that don't believe in anything so can you imagine doing a doctorate in religion and not believing in any religion? Why Why would they choose that? That's so Because it's fascinating, like any course of study, right? You're like, oh, this is fascinating. It's just interesting to them. Yeah, it, it, but they, they take it from a different tack. I love Tony Sweat. Thank you, Tony. Tony talks about three different ways that we feel the spirit. And, I love that. Right? Yeah. Your, your heart, your mind, and the fruits. Yes. And I think they really do go best together. And I do think, I'm just going to go back and touch on one thing, though, Karen. There, there's a little bit of an anti-scholarship emphasis that we have in the church. And I think it bec- comes from old Protestantism, right? The way you became a pastor was to go to a bunch of school. And those are, by the way, all the people that I went to school with that are all now pastors. <laughs> you, and so, yeah, they're like, are you, can you marry me now? And I'm like, almost, you know, almost. Yes, so, right. no, I'm not marrying anybody, but, <laughs> but I think we do, do that a little bit because I think we want to rely so much on the spirit or we don't want to just the philosophies of men and things, but it, the Lord's really telling you to go do all of them, right? Uh, Like it's a balance of, or it's some cocktail of all of them mixed together. And, and I see that a little bit that it's like, Oh, scholarship is somehow worse. And I'm like, no, it's not worse. No, go do the work, go do the work, everybody. Uh, And I I love that that Doctrine and Covenants nine with Oliver Cowdery. I want to translate. And, and he's like, well, you didn't even work at it. You just asked me. Yeah. Like you have to do the work. It's work. Yes. Like intellectual work. And and so I just want to remind all of us that don't hate on the scholars. We got our own little weird world, but but it requires us to do all of it. Like, why do we go yeah. to Sunday school? Why do we go to Seminary Institute? Why are we doing Come Follow Me every week? Why do we do all these podcasts? Because you're like, you got to do a little heavy mental lifting too. For sure. No, I completely agree. So maybe I should clarify <laughs> what I said too, because I, I feel like we should never stop learning and and I, I love that now these saints books are out. The mm-hmm. third one just came out. And I love that we, my 12 year old can learn things that me as a 37 year old, I'm like, what? Well, I didn't know that about right. what? Yeah. And they're opening the door to church history and, 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 and encouraging people like learn about this. You have yeah. to, I interviewed Stephen a, a while ago, Harper, and he yeah. is one of the editors yeah. of, of saints. And he said, if you are not reading these books, you will be left behind. Yeah. And oh, did like, he really say that? He did. He said, you say it again. So we all hear it again. What did he say? He said, if you are not reading this, cause I said, give a little plug for saints. Why would you encourage members of the church to read these books? And he said, I will say, if you are not studying the saints books, you will be left behind. And it was, that what do you was think so- that means. What does that well, mean? I've been thinking so much about this. I was talking to my family about this actually last week. And I just wonder if there are 
truths in there and and we will need to know certain mm. things to be able to stand up for what we mm. believe in in the future that knowing our history we can then know where we're going and and I don't know what the know either I'm gonna really think on that it yeah. feels like yeah like I I'm gonna need to know something but specifically that stuff or the work that's going into it or the or that, war, that model of actually doing that kind of research or the people that 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 lived this life like having a testimony of and of Joseph Smith and and Brigham Young and the pioneers and and just I, how I, the rev continuing restoration works right and maybe it's it's hmm. you know the the line upon line and it was a baby church that was i'm sure heavenly father would give a revelation and they try to do it and he's like no that no that's not start <laughs> yeah. over yeah, 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 like, yeah let's try again because they're like jeffrey R. holland said he's like it we're imperfect men and he's like that's heavenly father who has to work with and it must be really frustrating for him but he deals with it and right. i love that yeah that that he's like let's come on you guys but that's the thing too, is he lets us make mistakes and he lets us try things and he lets us, is this what you meant? I think this was the revelation that yeah. sometimes things are really clear and sometimes they're clear ish. And then he says, mm -hmm. how would you do that? Like with, I love Nephi and I'm kind of going off onto some tangents, but when he's like, you need to get the plates. And so he's like, okay, well how this sweet teenager. And I'm imagining they're teenage boys, like my boy's age mm -hmm. that are like, we're going to go get these plates from a man that will try to murder us. Mm -hmm. And he's like, okay, let's cast lots. Cause I don't want to do it. Like he's afraid yeah. at first. And then he's, well, let's now he prayed about it. And I'm sure he prayed every step. And well, now I feel like we should get the gold and all of our riches. Now let's try that. Well, that didn't work. And then let the spirit. So heavenly father, let him try and fail and figure it out on his own and what works. And so he can learn how to rely on the spirit and how heavenly father guides him. And maybe that's kind of what these saints, like look at these people struggle and what they went through and, and would people genuinely go through what they went through if this was not true sacrifice, yeah. burying their kids along the way, leaving everything. And it, it makes me have such a great appreciation for my pioneer ancestors, yeah. the, the, faith and fortitude that they had. And I'm like, if anything, I want to stay true for them. If anything, I, I want yeah. to not make, you know, their sacrifices in vain. And yeah. so, and, but, and I think there are, I don't know, there are truths that will be revealed. We know that there will be, and that will yet be revealed to us. And maybe the saints is, is mm. we have to learn that first before we Interesting. learn. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to ponder that. That's a powerful phrase. And you know, I, I wonder too if it's like it feels like there's a continuing restoration, and I think sure. I, in my mind, growing up, I was thought like, yeah, it was done. Like, I don't know when magical date happened because the whole doctrine comes through like, well, we read about baptism, so now we prayed about, hey, we're learning yep. about baptism, right? They, they had all these questions and answers, but in my mind, it was like, well, it's mostly done, right? It's mostly yeah. done, and, and there are a few, there are a few things, you know, and it's we just have seen that's not true at all, right? It's just yes. continuing, continuing, continuing. So I wonder yes. if it's a little bit like that, like how did it, how does it work? So how's it going to work for us? Yes, exactly. And I and and another plug for just learning and 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 you scholars. I I absolutely think that it's so important to never stop learning and and diving deep, and but then not letting like when you do read stories, you know, for example, polygamy or or in the Old Testament, like there's like daughters like you know getting their father drunk to continue yeah. the seed, and I'm like, wow, what do these mean? These are crazy, yeah. and not letting sometimes the knowledge interfere with the teachings of the spirit. So both are like, learn as much as you can, and then let the spirit 
enhance that learning. And, and sometimes you can put it on a shelf and be like, that was weird. I don't understand it, but here we go. And then in a couple of years, you can take it down and look at it again. Like, okay, do I understand this now? No, not yet. Or sometimes you can polish it off and be like, oh, now I get it. Mm-hmm. I can take that off the shelf and say, now I understand that principle. Right. I get it. Or you can have some scholars tell you what they think. They've spent yes. thousands of years looking at that same story and they might say, well, here are three or four different ways that people have, why that's in there, right? Like you don't okay, always so, have to come up with it on your own. So, <laughs> so, so like, caller hey, Lori, what about that? Story? Out, you know, call me at no, I don't know yes. anything, but that's what I do. I mean, when I come across some of those stories too, that I'm like, I, I'm just that's a weird story. I weird. have no idea why that's in there, and why would that be in the Bible? One of my favorite examples of that that's not creepy is are the Psalms. So song song singer person Carmen, yeah, yeah, the Psalms have a bunch of laments. And, yeah. and, there's, and it's basically a complaint, right? right? So here in our scriptures, the Lord has given a complaint about him. Like, you know, you know, dear customer service, I don't know why this happened. And then he prints it there for you to talk to us about how to complain. And so I think it's, we don't often do that. You're like, oh, you shouldn't take your complaints. And he's like, I have a whole book of them. Yes. Right? So you can take everything to him. You can, right? He knows what you're going through. And it's like, here's a whole book of laments. I mean, not all the Psalms are laments. Don't get yes. me wrong. But, and they always have a little praise thing at the end. Not all of them, but most of them. And so I think I think those are really encouraging in a way that at first blush, you're like, why is there this compl- a bunch of complaints in here? And how unfaithful. And you're like, no, wait a minute. What I think he's telling me is those people struggled with some of the same struggles. One of my favorite is 72 or 79, where he's like, I'm a priest. Asaf is his name. I'm a priest. And I am so sick and tired of (laughs) wicked people making good, right? They're rich and healthy and awesome. And they have all these blessings. And where am I? Like, how is that supposed to work? I mean, this is literally his song. Like, yep. I thought, I thought I was supposed to be blessed, you know, like what, what's going on with that? And I love that. Cause you know, who doesn't think that like, I thought my life was going to be easier when I joined the church. I thought that I was going to get blessings, but I look around and, and some of the people who are not that righteous are sure waking out. Well, <laughs> like, come on, man. That's yeah. how that's supposed to work. So I think there are stories. I know there are stories in there that sometimes you're like, why is this in there? And other times you're like, I'm so glad this is in there. Yes. And what would you say to that, Lori? Why I love that you brought up that one in particular, because it is easy to look around at people that are have their boats and their RVs and their toys and their beautiful houses. And you're like, you just left your wife. Like, you know what I mean? Like you just, mm-hmm. why are, and I am taking my kids to church every day and my husband's up on the stand and I'm by myself and we're all struggling. They're all fighting, like literally got a bloody nose on the pew from punching each other. Mm -hmm. I'm like, but I'm doing everything I can. And I feel like it's trial after trial after trial. And you look at other people and you're like, man, your life seems really good with, without that. What would you say to someone that is thinking that now? Well, I think the, the psalmist in that Psalm answers the question by saying, You'll make it right in the end. Like, I don't always get it. And I can take that frustration and I can sit in that frustration and, and the Lord sits in it with me, right? I love the scripture in, in 
Genesis about Joseph of Egypt, right? You don't, you hear about the, the Lord, the spirit being with them a bunch, and then it kind of disappears until it gets to the end of the Joseph story. And he's in prison and all that. And it says the Lord was with him. He doesn't get him out of prison. He doesn't yeah. make his life easier, but he helps him through it. And, and I think the psalmist in that story says, is telling us that the Lord's with you in that. I think the second answer for me, uh, theologian Laurie, is the point isn't to win at life. Yes. The point is to win at eternity. Yeah. He wants you to become something else. And he's saying the way to become that is to do what you're doing, Carmen. Sit in the pew by yourself when your husband's up there and give up your tithe and don't go boating on Sundays and don't, you know, use all your funds, da, 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 da. But to become like him, that's the point. If you want to win at life, knock yourself out, right? Like, but that's, if, if that's what you're following, if that's the disciple that you want to be, that's a choice. But if, you know, if you want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, then yeah, you're signing up for something else, right? Pick up your cross and follow me. You're like, oh, seriously? That's <laughs> hard. Yes. The blessings, we're going to outweigh that cross-carrying part. I but, know. And I, I, but I think, yeah, the point, Lori, Lori Theologian, you can quote it. I might change my mind. But I think the point right now is that to become a di disciple of Christ is to win at eternity, to I become like him. I want to like needlepoint that. Point you should totally needlepoint that, but we should come up with a, a catchier phrase let's since I just that. made it up. Let's meme yeah. it. And because I don't meme mean, it. Needle, yeah. Meme it. So let's meme it. And so I, I think the Old Testament though is full of those stories, is full yeah. of them. Like and some of them are weird. And you're like, and I totally embrace those, right? You're like, I have no idea what this is about, or this is creepy, or I don't like it. But yes. if I jump into them, I go. Well, what was what were they trying to say then? Yes, and I I, I love that everything does it, it. You really do have to look at it with an eternal perspective. Reading the scriptures, the trials you're going through in life, because it isn't about just what they were going through in their lives. And it's not about just what we're going through in our life. It's how is this preparing each of us to live with God again, them yeah. and us for eternity. Yeah. That really is. But Carmen, come on. Cold. That's cold comfort at times, isn't it? I know. I know you go, yeah, but when I'm really suffering or things are really bad and people have really, really tough oh, stuff, right? Yeah. Yes. And I just think that's, that's tough. That's cold, cold comfort. Right. You just say, oh, but you're going to be blessed in the end. And I'm like, I don't want to be blessed in the end. I want to be blessed right now. Right now. I want to get out of this right now. And I thought of, I have actually thought of that a lot and, and I done my fair share of lamenting for sure to Heavenly Father. And the things that I've, that have come to my mind were, as you said, the Jesus Christ did not live an easy life. And if the point is to become like him, and get to know him. He has perfect empathy for me. Do I have that same empathy for him? Mm. And how do I learn that? And it's it's the same. It's going through what he went through, suffering, having really hard things happen to me, watching my kids get rejected by friends and mm. watching them struggle and and if I if if he can relate to me and go through that for me, am I willing to do the same for him? And I think the only way is to is to sacrifice and suffer. But but there and here's where the here's where I think the hope comes in. I think 
for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. It's like bending a rubber band back. Mm -hmm. The more you pull, the harder it is, the Mm -hmm. further that rubber band will fly. If you don't pull it back very much, it'll just stay where it is. The deeper those that have been through cancer with their children, losing their spouses, like unimaginably hard things Mm -hmm. are some of the most peaceful, happy people. And people often say, how can you be this way? How? And I think it's because they've been through the hardest of the hard that they have now the potential to rebound. Not all the time. Some people choose not to, and some are still in that dark place, Mm -hmm. but they have the potential to experience only the Mm. joy and peace that comes from being in the worst situations to be then. So I I feel like that with Jesus Christ, who, who, who descended below all things Mm -hmm. that can now rise above everything. And sometimes that's, I'm like, okay, well, I want to relate to Jesus Christ. And I, and if I want that true peace and happiness that surpasseth all understanding, maybe I have to walk through this valley of, of doubt and shadow and yeah. difficult things. And it's not easy yeah. and it's not hard. And sometimes I am like, get me out. Like I'd rather not, yeah. that's okay. Yeah. I don't need to know. Yeah. Uh-uh. Like, I'm, I'm just, I'm done. I'm good learning everything I need to learn for a while. Yep. Yep. Carmen, can I teach you, can I tell you a secret? Yes. The book of Mark, the gospel according to Mark, that is basically the thesis of the gospel of Mark. If you read the gospels, not harmonized, not as Franken scripture, but just as a book by itself, the book of Mark actually has two endings. The the end of the book of Mark, the the apostles, the late, the women, they go to the tomb and he's gone and they go and they run and they kind of leave and they run away kind of scared. Yeah. That's how it ends. And then that was so weird that later someone added in and wrote, and then, oh yeah. And then he was resurrected and he appeared to him later and he taught him the, you know, the commission and all that. And you're like, yay, the end. It had to have like a synopsis. But I think if we look at the book of Mark, it's the savior kind of suffering, right? And the savior going through all that. And it, I think it asks the question that you just asked. You didn't know it, but you were profound that if you follow him, are you ready to kind of take on the suffering and the questions and the doubt and the worry and the cross that he carried like they did? They walked away kind of concerned and scared. They did disciples. And it's like, will you, will you choose that too? Now, remember, of course, that was the first century when they were going through a lot of Christian persecution. So they're like, literally, you might go through some of these experiences. But I think if you aren't a first century Christian – being thrown to the lions or whatever. I think we still go through that in life. And the question is, is that what, is that really what we're signed up for? And is it worth it? And you have to answer that question, not just once in your life, but over and over again, as a Christian, I'm going to take on the cause of Christ. And am I going to be confused, scared, worried, troubled, going through trials? The good news is with him, with him. But that is the Gospel of Mark. There's your thesis statement for the Gospel of Mark. Oh, that is beautiful. I want to go read that now. I'm, I, I want you do, to- and you're going to read it and go, Lori, what? I didn't see <laughs> it in there. And you're like, no, it's in there. It's in there. It's in there. Well, it's in there. It, it, I mean, I don't just know the Old Testament. They made me read the New Testament too. Oh, dang it. Well, see, that's amazing. And I, 
I, I I love that you there's there is there is always hope like it, it it's in the scriptures men are that they might have joy and sometimes it seems like are you sure though like <laughs> maybe your maybe your definition of joy is yeah. <laughs> maybe that's different than mine like joy meaning I think sometimes we confuse joy with ease yeah. like like just ease Comfort. and yeah right and Comfort and I life, anyway yeah. and I think joy joy is, it's like what Eve said, like if we didn't struggle, we wouldn't know. Like we mm-hmm. have to have both the yin and the yang. You have to suffer to know the joy. You have mm-hmm. to have pain to know pleasure. You, it's, you, you have to have both. You can't just, you can't just have an easy, happy life because you wouldn't even appreciate it. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have you wouldn't be any better, right? No, Nothing no. would happen. Yeah. No, it wouldn't be right. any better to be a child. Yep. Right. And isn't it better that yes. we suffer these things, right? But it's sure hard. But it's when sure you're hard in the middle. So I wonder if if your saints quote. I'm now. I'm still pondering that. By the way, yeah. I, that it's a little bit like, yeah, you have to fill up your spiritual resources. So when those trials come, that you've got them in yeah. reserve, right? You know how to do the baby trials and you know how to turn to the savior. Yes. You know how to pray and you know how to be sometimes, you know, on your own or whatever problem you're having before the big trial comes. Yes. And you haven't had one, by the way, everyone it's coming. It's coming. So so it's like, they're always coming. Sadly. Yep. But I think, I wonder if it is like, yeah, we practice so that we're better able to handle the inevitable. Oh, I think that you're spot on the baby trials and my son, he's eight. And when my kids turn eight and I know this isn't for everyone and and some people might disagree, but they fast because Mm -hmm. now they're a member of the church. And Mm -hmm. if you're a member of the church, even though you're a child, if you're old enough to be a full blown member, then members, this is what we do. We fast on Sunday and, and I let them, I encourage, you know, two meals. I know that's so hard for an eight year old. And, but I, you know, you know, fast breakfast, and then you can have like, you know, an early dinner, you know, <laughs> three, yeah, yeah, yeah. but, but I, I've encouraged that. And, and some, sometimes it's one meal, sometimes it's two, but that's something that we encourage in our family. And my son Briggs, especially has a really hard time with, with not eating and he has ADHD and not having food affects mm-hmm. him mm-hmm. majorly. I mean, he needs food for his brain to function mm-hmm. and it's hard. And we were having this conversation a, a few fast Sundays ago and he's like, I don't want to. And I said, well, you get to choose. Here's all the blessings that come with fasting. And, and it's with living any principle of the gospel. There are always blessings mm-hmm. that are predicated upon this principle. You will get them every time. It's not, well, sometimes it's Heavenly Father gives you a principle of the gospel. You live it. These are the blessings you're guaranteed to have. And so I said, here are the blessings. And we went over all of them, including like temporal blessings, yeah. uh, physical help and being able to receive answers to prayer. And, and I'm like, you're, you are going through lots of big things in your life right now, making decisions about soccer teams and big things for him as a, is a yeah. nine year old. Yeah. And wouldn't you want more help with that? And so anyway, I said, but I'm going to, I'm going to let you decide. And that was hard for me. Cause I like, sometimes I believe in Satan's <laughs> plan and I'm like, I get things for you. I get to pick everything. You don't get agency. Cause it's easier not to let my kids choose things and watch them make mistakes. But I know that's not right. That's and not how did he, how did, well, maybe that's Briggs story to tell, but how did you know, he do? He, he chose to fast and he came up to me. And so I, he does have to eat a tiny little mm-hmm. thing with his medicine that he mm-hmm. takes every sure. day. And so he said, I want to eat a, 
a breakfast. And I said, well, you could, or you could eat, you know, a half a piece of toast and some water and that would make it so you're not sick, but also, you know, you you stay on the fast. Right. Yes. So he was praying about it and he came to me and he said, mom, I decided just to have a, it was like a glass of milk or something and not, and not eat. And I said, Briggs, I'm so proud of you. I said, tell me why you just chose that. And he said, well, he said, and this is from my eight-year-old son. He said, I know I'm going to go through a lot harder things in life than not eating. And I figure I need to learn how to do this little hard thing. So when the big hard things come, I can be stronger. No, I can do it. Wow. Profound. And I'm like, <laughs> that is amazing. And that's something he never would have learned if I would have said, no, you can't eat that. And you have to do this mm-hmm. and, and learning on their own. So those baby trials for him eating, not eating that little piece of toast or, you know, not maybe going to a party that you want to, cause you know, there'll be bad things happening, whatever the, our kids are going through or what we're going through. These baby trials are preparing us for bigger things. And, and I looked at him and I'm like, Oh, would that you never have to go through the big trials. But, but I'm so glad you're learning that lesson now of if I know I can get through this, I know I can get through other things and heavenly father usually line upon line and little things first to prepare us mm-hmm. for those. Sometimes our, the rugs pulled out and sure. we have to learn the big things, but yeah. I find often he's merciful and I'm going to teach you these little things. So when the other things come, you'll be like, okay, yeah. I got through that. I can get through this too. I think it too, it's, it's easier to come from a place of strength when you're practicing, right? Yeah. Like you know, for him, that was hard, but for us to not eat a half piece toast or whatever is like not too bad, you know, shouldn't yeah. usually be too hard maybe, but, but I think we come from a place of strength and faith and, and diligence and we're like, I'm good. And then, but when you're there and you're really sick or you're really down, you're like, I don't have any reserves. Yeah. I don't, it's easy to say it on the, Oh, if it happened to me right now, I'd be real strong, but two years into an illness or a financial struggle or a depression or something, you're like, there's nothing in the tank nothing left. Yeah. Nothing yep. left. And, and that's where I think, you know, we have learned to rely on him and we learn that he is with us like Joseph. Then we say, I, I, you're there. And I know, yes. I know you're there. And, uh, but those are, those are hard. Like, I, I don't know, Carmen, I think in my life, I always thought those things were going to be like this, this, this slope of progression and hardness and stuff. And you're like, oh my, it's a tangled, crazy path up and down and faith and doubt and questions and, and obedience. And, you know, it's easy to say, oh yeah, I'm going to do all those things perfectly. And you're like, I don't think I've done one of them right. No. And I feel like it's almost like a reset instead (laughs) of like a progression. It's like, Slam you back down. Let's reset, rethink, Mm -hmm. then go back up. Nope. Now back, reset, rethink. And you learn more every time, but it's like in soccer, my, they, they do this thing and and they, they reset. So they'll be up almost to score a goal and the opposing team will be clogging our offensive players so much that the coach will say reset. They go all the way to the back of the field, Mm. pass the ball back to the goalie and reset the formation. And then they can mm-hmm. get back to score the goal. And sometimes oh. you think, but wait, I'm right there. I'm right. at the finish line. Don't make me go back. It's like, no, no reset. reset. So you can get to where I want you to be. But yeah, those resets sometimes are like, this seems like counterintuitive. This seems like I'm doing. <laughs> it seems like I was right there. Just push yes. a little harder. Yeah. Yes. 
And it's like, no, trust. And the coach, he'll say, he's like, trust me. He said that, trust me, like reset, pass back. And the kids will be looking like, but the goal's right there. And he's like, reset, redo it. And, and I love that. And I've thought about that a lot in my life. Like, wait a minute, reset, trust heavenly father. Mm-hmm. Let, let him sit. Cause he can see the big picture of if you just get in a different position, then you'll be able to get yeah. to the angle where you want yeah. to be. You know, there is a story of Moses. Can I tell an Old Testament story? Yes. We haven't done enough Old Testament stories, but Let's the story of Moses, in Moses 2, or in Exodus 2, Moses 2, Exodus 2, Moses is the prince of Egypt, right? And he goes out and says he sees the Egyptians beating up on his people, the Hebrews. Now, this is where the movie with Charlton Heston and the musical have set you aside, right? Because yeah. they're like, he doesn't know he's Hebrew. He's like, no, he no, does. he totally knows no, he's Hebrew, he right? Does. He knows. And, and it, they're beating up on the on one of his people. And it says, he looks this way and that. And then he kills him. And he buries him in the sand. And you're like, wait, what? And I, there's a part of me that loves that about him, right? I'm going to be the deliverer from the yeah. I'm going to save my people. They're being oppressed. I'm going to do it. I know how to do it. I'll do it this way. And he clearly knows what he's doing. He looks this, you know, make sure somebody see me, right? And yeah. he clearly knows what he's doing. The next day, right, he shows up and there are some Hebrews fighting. And he steps in and he's like, hey, break it up, you guys. And they're like, what, are you going to kill us? Like you did that, that Egyptian? And he's like, oh, oh no. I guess they, you know, if these two random guys know about that murder I did yesterday, I guess I'm out of luck. And also, though, they throw it back in his face. Like, who made you our judge, right? Right. And and then he's like, I'm in trouble. But I love that story about him because, right, it's like one of the first things we know about him. He's baby Moses in the ark. The next thing is he's trying to save his people on his own. So, he, and then the Lord gives him the big reset. Yeah. Go out into Midian get married, family, learn from Jethro, become a priest, do all those things. And when he comes back, he doesn't save one guy. With the Lord, he saves them all. And I think that's the, you know, there's this reset. He could have just said, screw it. I'm going to be an Egyptian or or I'm going to do it my way. Yeah. And instead he, he took the soccer reset, as we now call it, to, to say, I'm going to learn to do it with the Lord's way. And in his way was to save them all, not just one guy. I love that so much. So now you'll never think of the Exodus two story. Just no, and it's and it's true. Everything everything is better with the Lord. You will make better decisions. You will do things the right way. And and sometimes even despite our best efforts to screw it up, we'll be <laughs> like, I got you. Like, nope, yeah. that's not. You're not just gonna murder the Egyptians. Bless your heart. But I will win the Red Sea. Don't that's worry. Right. Don't worry about it. Yeah. In fact, the very end of. Genesis, Genesis 50, it's almost the last verse. Joseph tells his brothers, you know, you you thought all this was for evil, but the Lord made it for good. Yes. And I think that's like a great theme in our lives. Like even when you screw it up, he can make it turn out okay. He can. He can. And 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 it's that's an action that's that is actual. That is that's uh that's it's bankable. You can count on it. it. You can and count look, on it. Look, those were two or three. Old Testament stories that you didn't know that really taught you about the Savior. See, there they were, right there. There they are. So, Lori, to learn more about Old Testament stories and, <laughs> and the heroes that you love and, and to get more of this kind of stuff, you have the book that's out right now. Yeah. And people can find it anywhere. Yeah. It's, called, it's called Real Real Heroes of the Old Testament. Yes. And it is out now. You can get it at Deseret, Amazon, Cedar Fort. You can get it at any of those places. So Real Heroes, or you can look up my name, Lori Denny. Yes. And we have a second one coming out a little bit later, Real Heroes of the New Testament. 
So we'll follow up with some New Testament buddies and learn about the people that are real. I might tell that a little bit of that Moses story in there. I don't tell I don't tell any Joseph of Egypt stories. So that's just a bonus just for oh, being here. Oh, and see, and that's one of my, I was in Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat <laughs> when I was 12. I was in the children's choir with Donnie Osmond. And that is one of my most favorite, favorite. scripture stories of all time. And yeah. just so many wonderful lessons of, yes, Heavenly Father is with you. And he does have your back, even when your people are trying to kill you and doing their best to get rid of you. If everyone yeah. has a purpose and a plan. And and I'm so grateful that you've taken the time to come on the podcast and, and show us who you are, that you are doing so much good with helping people learn about the scriptures, the old Testament, how heavenly father is involved in our lives and using something that makes you so excited that you love to spread light and goodness to those around you. So thank you for all the good you are doing, Lori. Oh, no, thank you, Carmen. It's it's easy to talk about what you love, right? It's okay. easy to 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 relate stories about things that really have changed you. And and so it's nice for you to do this and, and let me talk about my nerdiness. I, I just, love you know, it. It's like the only place. Oddly enough, my friends are sick of hearing about it. <laughs> we come on anytime okay. and tell us more nerdy stories about the Old Testament I, and, and the New Testament. Whatever, really any story. All the Testaments. Just all of them. All the Testaments. Mm-hmm. You can even like sing some songs for us if you want to. Whatever. I love it. You bet. Thanks, Thanks Lori. Carmen Herbert, and I'm so excited to tell you about an amazing app that my whole family loves. It's called Our Turtle House, and it's full of literally thousands of hours of full-length talks, just like the old talk on CDs or talk on tapes, from some of your favorite Latter-day Saint speakers like John By the Way, Mick Johnson, Hank Smith, me, and a ton more. Plus, there's podcasts, firesides, devotionals, come follow me resources, and entertaining content your whole whole family will enjoy truly all in one little app and you can use promo code doing good all one word at checkout and you get a full month free so check it out and sign up at ourturtlehouse.com see you soon